When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Joy McFarlane, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Mark McDougall, pod regular, and also the Record Rangers blogger James Black. Today we react to the latest news linking QPR midfielder Sean Goss to Rangers. We cast our eyes over the fallout from the Old Firm Derby. We round up other potential transfer moves in and out, and we assess the potential role of Jimmy Nicholl, who's set to be named Graham Murty's assistant in the days ahead. Mark. You've been covering Sean Goss. You're the expert. <laughs> uh, Tell us what you know. I wouldn't go that far in the expert. Um, but no, he seems to be quite highly rated by QPR fans. They seem a bit annoyed that he's not been given more of an opportunity. But it's a bit worrying that the guy's 22. He's only played six games in his career. And Rangers are looking to bring him in potentially as a first-team player. Um, I know a lot of people seem to think he's been brought in as a defender. But I just can't see that happening from reading about him and watching some videos on him. He seems to be more of a ball playing midfielder he gets on the ball he's very he's left footed he's uh, looks a very elegant player so Matic Matic esque yeah yeah, yeah uh, I wouldn't well, let's not yeah let's call, not let's I mean, not call oh, him Matic but, uh, <laughs> Matic but he's like, that style of player yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean he was, he was compared to Michael Carrick growing up at United and stuff like that so he's clearly got some something about him it's just whether he can go straight into that Rangers team and improve it is a question so just to clarify he has played fullback, hasn't he? I read that in his, his youth career, certainly played fullback, but he is a primarily yeah. a midfielder. He's so played fullback, he's played centre back, he's played left midfield. He can play. He looks like a rangy sort of midfielder. But I suppose the question Rangers fans will have is where does he fit in? Because central midfield probably wouldn't be the first place you'd have expected the club to. I think right now there is, there is a need for depth there. I mean, with Doran's out. Uh, who else is there that's been missing? Officer Jack's injured just now. We don't know how long he's out for. Uh, who else is there? I mean, when you look at the midfield that started on uh, Saturday at Celtic Park, and you had Nico Kratchar playing in there, who's just not up to the speed of the game anymore. Getting in another midfielder is probably something that does that'll do a job. Poor Nico's uh, been slaughtered uh, on this podcast. You know what? I think Nico Kratchar is still an excellent footballer. He's just not got the legs to do it anymore. Uh, and I think getting somebody like Sean Goss I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it because he's German so I don't know what's going on there but uh, <laughs> thanks about right yeah. uh, uh, getting him in that could cover so many positions is is probably a good move but it then leads to questions about Andy Halliday as well because it seems quite similar in that he can play all the same positions so what's the point of bringing Andy Halliday back? James, Rangers fans point of view is this the kind of signing you'd be expecting? Not really. Um, as you said, there are a number of positions that need filled before centre midfield. And if they were looking to bring someone to the midfield, you would be expecting someone that's quite experienced, that's been around the course before and is going to bring something into the midfield that's it's going to help them being overrun in some games. I don't know if Goss is going to be that kind of player, 
but he's he's not got a track record to show that he would come in and be the kind of the boss that Rangers need to have in midfield with the likes of Jacket, with uh, Dorns, Rossiter. They need somebody that can be quite hard in the middle of the field, and I'm not sure if that's him. I don't know enough about the guy to say if that's him, um, which is quite worrying. So, with that in mind, where would you think that Rangers fans would expect the next signings? What areas would they, they, they come, be coming in to fill? You would need a number 10. Definitely the number 10. Um, whether Carlos Peña stays or goes, it'll probably go, but you need somebody else in there. As we've seen against Celtic, Cranch has no got it to play there. And then you're kind of short on options. You could play Josh Windass there, but Josh Windass can give you a great performance and the worst performance on the space of the same 40 minutes. So you would need some of a bit of consistency to come in at a 10 and probably another forward beside Morelos. Um, we only having Windass and Herrera. Does Herrera have much of a future at Rangers? Does he, uh, well, well, we'll go into all this later on, but just before we change on to the old form aftermath, Mark, what's your take on the profile of this signing? Is this an example of where Rangers are headed in terms of the type of player they're going to go after? Someone from down south, someone that the director of football probably knows from his days as the Manchester City Youth Academy director, or do you expect there to be higher profile level signings coming down the line? I think the vast majority of signings will be like this, especially in the January window if, if Rangers sign many more. Uh, I think with Graham Marty only having the job until the end of the season, it's not really, oh, it's not really a time for you to uh, persuade players that their long term future is at Ibrox because they look at the manager situation and say, don't know if the next guy's going to want us, uh, don't know if the next guy's going to think we're good enough, stuff like that. I mean, I know players all think they're good enough for anyone, but. I mean, there will be concerns for players that Rangers go for that the Graham Martin might not be manager next season. and uh, So I think in January, signings like this are definitely the way Rangers are going to go. I mean, also, you've got the Jamie Murphy link, which I don't think it matters what manager comes in, he's going to be a first-team player at Rangers, whereas guys like this signing until the end of the season is probably best for them. OK, we'll go into Jamie Murphy a little bit later on in our transfer roundup, but before we do that, I just want to touch on the aftermath from the old firm game. James, what was your reaction to the result and the subsequent discussions? I think Morelos is coming for some criticism. I thought personally had an excellent game. What was your take? Uh, the Morelos criticism was absolutely baffling. Um, and however long I've been following Scottish football, I can't ever think it's in a Scottish striker, 21-year-old, top of the scoring charts, being destroyed the way that Morelos has been for not scoring in an old firm game. It's madness. The boy's run himself into the ground. Um, he's been playing essentially non-stop now since end of March, start of April, I think, when the finish season kicked off. He's been right through now till the end of the year. So, I mean, he's not had like, that summer break that players tend to get. He scored 10 and 20 in the league, which is better than anybody else in the country. He's, even when he's not been scoring goals, He's still working hard, he's still, he's still getting involved in the play, he's still trying to bring others into the game. But for some reason, I'm not scoring. And yes, some of those chances he probably should have scored. Uh, the Gordon save was a really good save. World class. Aye, definitely. Um, had it been another player, they'd have been raving about the save in the miss. 
I gave him a 6 because I was doing the online ratings. The reason I gave him a 6 is because I thought he had an excellent game, but ultimately, if you're a striker, you're judged mm-hmm. on your goals. Yep. And if he'd popped one of those in the net, it would have been a clear 8, maybe even a 9. It was just for me that because he missed those two mm-hmm. glit-edge chances, I couldn't really justify giving him a 7. But I, f- I found some of the criticism I read online yeah. bizarre. I think he had a really good game, but I do think he... Deserved to come in for some of the criticism. I think there's a few times he just made the wrong choice. Uh, there was a chance the first half. I think Lustig played a back pass really short, and uh, Morales got in. Uh, Windass was coming at the edge of the box. All he had to do was knock it back to him. Yeah. And he goes for a goal and drags it about ten yards wide. Stuff like that. Uh, not that like we've seen him score from ridiculous angles already this season, so you can't really criticise him too much for taking it on. But in a game like that, you have to take the best option, and he just didn't that time. But the save from Gordon is world class. The only, the other header should have done better, but at the same time, I'm not sure he expects that cross because that cross is well, out of this again, world. that is just yeah. incredible. Yeah. And you'd expect you'd expect Chris Rager to clear the ball as well. Playing devil's advocate with Craig Gordon in that save, I, I I think it was a world class save because I think he's he's reacted with his leg. But a lot of people have said, well, it's sort of the ball's hit him, it's hit him ah, fast. That is it's world class. I mean. There's only one place Morelos can put that to score and it's there and Gordon stops it so it's world class. Yeah. Couldn't disagree with you there Mark as much as I'd like to. Um, one of the other things about the game a lot of pundits saying it was a terrible game and I sat there and I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a traditional old firm game. It was two sides reasonably even, evenly matched on the day going toe to toe both had chances. Now if I hadn't been for two inspired goalkeeping performances could have easily been two all three three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking at that game, I mean, it had its peaks and troughs. There were parts of the game where it did get quite quiet and quite dull, but there were large spells of it where it was really it was quite an engrossing game to watch. There was no point that you would sit and you really thought that Celtic were going to kind of step up a gear and just run over Rangers like people expected. There was no point really where I sat and thought Rangers looked entirely comfortable defensively. They still had wee moments where they can always give something up. Um, so you were always expecting that goal to come. I don't. I think on the criticism of just the game in general was a bit over the top. I thought it was a, a really good advertisement for Scottish football. Yeah, I thought it was a really good watch as well. I think uh, the main thing that people seem to be criticising is only because of the lack of goals in that game. But if Scott Sinclair takes his chance, if Morelos takes his chances, and West Fordham doesn't pull off a great save from James Forrest as well. You're looking at a two each, three each game, easy. Uh, and all of a sudden, best old farm game there's been in years. Uh, I, the only thing that was missing was the flying tackles that normally won, and that seems to be why people are saying, ah, this hasn't been a good old farm game. There was plenty of chances. Both sides were getting stuck in, but they were getting stuck in fairly for the most part. Uh, there was a lot of good football played as well. I don't understand the <coughs> criticism of it at all. I think I thought it was a really good game. Absolutely agree on that. In terms of Graham Murty now, I thought tactically, you have to say he got it spot on. There's no doubt that Brendan Rodgers tactically now might have to go away and have a wee think about what he's doing because people are now cottoned on to the fact that if you press them high up the park, Celtic struggle. Now, they might be tired and all the rest of it, but that's what Murty did and it worked a treat. He seems to be a big game manager. Now, we've seen big game players. How does he translate what he's doing in those big games against the Aberdeens, against the Hearts, against the Hibs, against Celtic, to Hamilton and Dundee? 
and the likes of those teams lost for answers because I just don't understand it, how he can't get his team to play the same way against St Johnston as he does against well obviously you're going to step up against Celtic because it's a derby but against the likes of Hibs they should be playing the same way against Hibs as they do against St Johnston play the same way against Aberdeen as they do St Johnston Hamilton any of them just play the way they've been playing in the big games and they'd be fine it's just I've seen a stat actually that Rangers have taken t- 10 points from 12 games against Aberdeen Hibs Hearts and Celtic I think it was and then they've only taken 1 from 12 from home games against Hamilton Dundee Kilmarnock and St Johnson and that just sums up Graham Murphy's spell completely I mean looking at the games that he's had since he's taken over there's clear clear problems there in the smaller games um I saw one Rangers fan describe them as having the tactical nice of a plant pot in an article nonsense. recently, which Absolutely I thought was a bit unfair. Um, I do think the players may need to take a bit more responsibility, though. I mean, a lot of these guys, like Mark Warburton's team before them and Cassini's team, they weren't guys that were proven winners that knew how to grind out games like St. Johnson, like Hamilton. And when teams come to Ibrox and teams sit in, they just they can't quite get through them and again going back to the players you're looking at that's like a number 10 they're the kind of players that Rangers need to break these teams down I don't think they have necessarily the personnel for teams that come in sitting at Ibrox You think part of it goes back to Pedro Cascina misunderstanding what Rangers and Scottish football is all about in a sense that a lot of these players that he's brought in seem quite suited to the counter attack therefore when Rangers are pressed and matched they look decent, but when, as you say, they have to come out on the front foot and dominate, they struggle. Yeah, I think there is a part of that. Um, I mean, looking at the guys, particularly once Kashinia brought in, the football and culture they've come from isn't the, the blood and thunder, ten men defending thing that we do here when teams come to Ibrox or go to Celtic Park. But they need, I'm looking at the guys are potentially looking at bringing in this month as a bit more looking towards players that can play in that kind of situation and be successful in that situation. What, what do you think the general feeling amongst Rangers fans at the moment is about Graham Murty? I've seen various different takes on it. I'd say generally from what I perceive that there's a, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I think there's three camps. There's a group that are quite happy for Murty to be in charge to get the opportunity and to prove what he can do. If come the summer, it doesn't work out. He tried, gave it his best, he can go back to the 20s and do his thing. There's another group who I don't think it matters what he does between now and June. He's not good enough. He's a youth coach. He's not experienced. He's he's not a Rangers class manager, whatever that means to some people. And I think there's also a third group that are they're just not sure of the whole situation. Um, they're willing to give him his chance but they do have some real reservations about him, uh, which I can understand you look at games like Hamilton St Johnson and you can see why there are reservations there What's the minimum acceptable performance for him to retain the job do you think James? Bare minimum second in the league very bare minimum Uh, You could see a scenario where he finishes second and doesn't retain his job Possibly Um Depends how far off Celtic they are. If he gets second, I mean, where he is just now, 11 points, if he's there in the end of May, I don't necessarily think it's a huge disaster. If it's 30, 
he's gone. I think a big part of it will have to do with the Scottish Cup performance as well. Uh, if he doesn't make the final of the Scottish Cup, semi-final of the Scottish Cup, or if anyone other than Celtic puts him out, basically, uh, I don't think it's good enough. Uh, and he has to finish second as well, obviously, at least. Uh, I think he would need to be within 10 points of Celtic as well uh, to show real progress. Uh, yeah, if he gets. Is that fair? Place, Is that fair? I mean, they were 30 points off last year. I mean, if they're 15 points this year and they're second, then that's progress, isn't but it? But when you look at Celtic's form this season, they're a completely different team to the were last season. I think they've dropped points in nearly a third of games this season, Celtic. So if Rangers are more than 10 points behind, are they really that much improved than what they were last season? That's. That's the way I look at it. Okay, guys, and we're going to move on to the transfer roundup section of the podcast. I'm going to give you a name. We'll have a wee chat about that player. We're going to start off with transfers in, potential transfers in, and we're going to start with Russell Martin. Where do you think he's going to fit in if he signs, and do you think he'll be a good signer, Mark? He's a right-back. He's not a centre-back. Just want to put that out there right away. That I've seen him play pretty well at centre-back for Scotland. Even though he played centre-back for Scotland, he is not a centre-back. He can fill in there, he can do a job, but he is not a centre-back. And do you believe that he's getting signed as a right-back if he, if he does come? Yes. I mean, I think if you look at the left-back situation with John and Wallace, you've got two really good left-backs there competing. Right-back, you've got Tavernier and you've got Lee Hodgson. Who I've said it before in this podcast, he's just not good enough. I mean, he's not a Rangers footballer any day of the week. He's not. I think he's been lucky to get into most Premiership teams, to be honest. Uh, so I think getting an experienced right back who is very, not say very good, but he is a good player. He's, he's solid defensively. He can get forward a bit. He's good in he's the air. Established himself as a comfortable yeah. Premiership player. Yeah, definitely. So I think getting him in to compete with Tavernier will help him, and it'll help Rangers. What do you think, James? Completely agree. Um, I think that Martin's uh, would be a really good signing for Rangers. He's got experience. He's, as Mark says, he's more than comfortable at right back. If need be, he can come into central defence. It gives you an option on a back three as well. It does. Um, it could be, I could possibly see him as a right centre back in a three. Um, I suppose it also depends what happens with Alves and Cardozo over the next month. Well, we'll go into that. Uh, just now, seeing that we uh, seen it's a nice segue, and I always love a nice segue. We'll start with Alves. It's clear that he's seriously injured. We've seen him on the crutches with the moon boot now. Um, is there any substance to any of this chat about Alves not being fully committed to the club? No. You're a fan. What's your take as a fan? I don't doubt he was injured. Not for a second. However. Were it not a World Cup year, I think there may have been a willingness to push a little further. Um, it's uh, He's wrapping himself in bubble wrap, which I can completely get. What, 36? This is going to be his final major tournament for Portugal. He's not going to go to the Euros in two years at 38. So Well, he's in good condition, you never know. Well, I, I don't think it's got anything to do with that, honestly. I just think that he's 36. He's played non-stop for the last two years, really, when you think about it. He was at the Euros, didn't really get much of a break before going into Serie A, played the Confederations Cup, had a week off before he joined Rangers and was straight into the team. Uh, I think at 36 he's going to pick up Knox when he's been playing for two years consistently. Uh, and You see, I mean, a lot of people seem to think that when he went down... He didn't really do anything, but you could see his ankle 
go over and I, I don't know if it's his ankle or his calf but it looked quite a sore one at the time and I mean we see him now on crutches or in a moon but uh, he's went to a private hospital in Portugal so he's clearly concerned about it uh, yeah I don't see any truth in that that he's pulled out or he's scared of facing Celtic or he's scared of the big games and all this other nonsense that's been going about to her. You're a big defender of Bruno. Yes. Y- you feel that he has been a good signing? Yeah. Uh, I don't see what he's done wrong. Um, I mean, he's a wee bit slow, but he's 36. What do you expect when you sign a 36-year-old defender? Uh, Rangers look far more solid with him there. Um, he wins so many. In fact, I can't remember him losing a header, really. <laughs> he's just solid in the air. He just wins everything. He'll clear out everything in his way. Uh, what else? He's... He's clearly a big help for the young guys as well. I mean, Ross McCrory spoke about it after his mistake against Hamilton, that Alves came, put his arm around him, told him, forget about it, we've all done it. Danny Wilson's an immeasurably better player when Bruno Alves is there. Uh, David Bates has clearly learned a lot from him because he just wins everything in the air as well. Uh, whereas last year, a lot of people would have had serious doubts about David Bates. Uh, who else is there? There's Aidan Wilson spoke about how good he's been when he signed his new contract. He's just... He's offered more value than people expect. James, you disagree, don't you? <sighs> a bit. I can um, see that. I can see that on your face. I do a bit. I do a bit. Um, I don't. I don't think he's been as. I don't know if he's lived up to the expectation. I think that's probably more of the problem. But what was the ex- expectation? I think a lot of Rangers fans seem to think that when he came in, all of a sudden Rangers aren't going to concede any more goals. No, um, I, I, I get that. No, and set piece wise, set piece, yeah. Rangers don't lose goals no. set pieces now. That they, they was do still a big, lose big weakness. Yeah, they still lose goals about crosses in the box, but set pieces they don't. I mean, I think he's he's influenced on guys like Austin Crowley and Bates and Danny Wilson. What have you? It's it's clear to see. Although I do think with Danny Wilson, he looks better as the more experienced defender. What? I completely disagree I think he, with that. He did look good though. He did look good on Saturday. On Saturday. I completely disagree with that. I mean, I think if you look at the Kilmarnock game, Wilson and Bates were bullied by Chris Boyd all uh, over the place. Uh, same against, even looking back to the Hearts game that first half an hour, uh, Wilson and McCrory laughed, they tore them to shreds for the first half an hour before Rangers scored. I think it's safe to say with Danny Wilson, for all his, his qualities, doesn't particularly like a physical battle. Yeah. So you need someone alongside Danny Wilson that's going to win that battle for you and then he can come out with the ball and do what he does which is good distribution for the back, composure and uh, he's, he's decent on the deck in terms of yeah, the defender yeah. on the deck, one on one is good. Um, I, I would not be surprised if first year next season Danny Wilson's playing centre back for Rangers. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Um, I think out of the ones that you're likely to see there this time, I'm oh, sorry, next season, He'd be the obvious, partly him and Ross McCrory, but yeah, I can see Wilson getting a new deal and staying. Okay, what about the other Portuguese, Cardoso? Now, I took a lot of flack on Twitter, so I'm taking this point to to take a stand. (laughs) There's a shot. Um, Because I was sitting here on a podcast with you, James, after the Progress Nidacorn game, and I said I was concerned about him in terms of up against physical players because Progress had a big, tubby tall centre-back that played against them and he bullied them at times and I thought a lot of other fans were a lot of fans were watching the game were getting a bit carried away by the fact he could bring the ball out and look good with the ball on the deck but I think he's been targeted whenever he's played and for me Rangers should get rid of him So essentially what you're saying there is he's a right-footed Danny Wilson I don't think he's as good as, that, as Danny Wilson <laughs> Danny to be honest Danny Wilson's also what, three, four years older 
There's not that much between them. I think Danny uh, Wilson is better. Come on. He's a better defender and he's better with the ball at his feet uh, than Cardoso. Cardoso is, is not I, a good defender. I like Cardoso. I think he's a good player. I think he's still learning the game, especially in Scotland. Uh, remember, he's coming from Portugal where it's not quite as physical. Uh, I think that's You think he needs more time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't understand the big rush to get him out. He cost, what, 1.3 million? Uh, he's 23. He's played top flight of Portuguese football. Uh, he's learning off Bruno Alves, off Danny Wilson. Just give him more of a chance. I mean, he was rock solid against Aberdeen uh, up there when he came on in the second half against big strikers. Uh, Adam Rooney played up front that day, didn't he? And he's a quite a physical. I'm sure he played up front. Maybe he didn't, but I'm sure he did. It's the weight of evidence, though, isn't it? That's one one decent twenty minute spell. Forty five minutes. Let's, let's see. I like Cardozo. Um I do like him. He's he's had his moments. There are moments when he does look like a really convincing, uh, quite solid defender, and then there's moments where you look at him and you're like, "What the hell's going on here, pal?" But I do like him. I do, as Mark says, he's he's still young. He's only 23, so it's a new country. It's a new language. It's a new culture. It's it's a whole different climate to what he's ever been used to. So. I'd like to see him given a bit more of a chance, and I think as well, recently particularly, since he's been at the side since, what, the end of October now, when he's coming in, he's doing very little wrong. If Rangers were to get offered the same money that they paid for him, do you think the club take it? Yeah, I think the club would take it purely because right now he is probably fifth choice centre-back, but I also think he really loves it here. Uh, I mean, you see it on social media. I know that video that went about of him saying whatever he did about Celtic. Uh, but you look at his tweets, you look at the stuff he likes on Twitter. It's all about how great Rangers are and how great Glasgow is. Uh, he just seems to <coughs> like it here, and I think that would stop him maybe from wanting to go. Uh, obviously, if he gets an offer to go back to Portugal and they're going to guarantee him football every week and all the rest of it, then he would consider it naturally. It's the natural thing to do. But. I wouldn't get rid of him and I don't think he really wants to go himself either. Is there a case to, to make that if Cardoso had played like Bates played in that old firm game and vice versa, Bates had played like Cardoso has so far, the clamour for Cardoso would be huge as a great player and the, and Bates would be sort of jet, talk, talked about <laughs> being jettisoned. Is there an element with Cardoso? For me, I think there's just an element of... He's a glamorous, he's Portuguese, so we'll give him a chance. Whereas if he was a young Scottish lad, there would be no debate. It just, it'd be, it's not good enough. He's not good enough. I, don't, I think people have been a bit uh, over the top about Bates quite a lot this season at times. Uh, obviously, he was absolutely outstanding against Celtic. You can't deny that. He was. I don't think he was man of the match like he got, but he was brilliant. No, Tavernier was a man yeah, of the match. But uh, there's at times early in the season he came in, won a few headers, and all of a sudden. He was Richard Goff. Uh, I just think that... Uh, as You're too Rangers, young to remember Richard Goff. <laughs> yes, but I've seen plenty of videos. Rangers fans in general seem uh, are a bit fickle in that sense, whereas if you have a good game, you're world class. If you have a bad game, you're the worst player ever. I mean, Josh Wendass is the most obvious of that. If he has a good game, Rangers fans are on Twitter about how great he is, how Rangers should sell for £10 million, how Real Madrid should be signing him, and then he misses a chance and all of a sudden, worst player that's ever played for Rangers... He's well, divisive. Nonsense. He's, uh, he's a, I can't even say some of the words that are uh, mentioned about him, but 
Yeah, just look at his Twitter after a Rangers defeat and you know what it said. Okay, the other signing is Jamie Murphy that's been talked about. Now, he's obviously got excellent experience of the Scottish Premiership, uh, although it was SPL obviously at the time, but did well at Motherwell, got his move down south, did well at Sheffield United, got a bigger move to Brighton and started really well there but has faded out of the picture since. That said, he's a good age. What's your, what's your take on that? Maybe about a million pounds between 800,000? You know, I think he would be a really good signing. Um, I think he's not in the team because, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Columbia guy's name that Brighton signed, but they paid 15 million for the him. The quick guy. Yeah, that, that guy. Although he missed a sitter the other day, he really should have scored. But uh, <laughs> no, he's a really good player. Uh, he's, he's right-footed, cut inside, can score goals, can go down the left, work them in does everything uh, he's a Rangers fan as we know it's a great story going about Twitter yesterday that uh, he was going to the FA Cup semi-final against Hull and the club's bus had green seats and he sat on his Rangers shirt the whole way that was a journalist down in Brighton that's posted that on Twitter so it's a, if it's true then it's a really mental Rangers story but it's just it's one of those things that fans love isn't it so nah, I think he would be a really good signing and not just for that reason yeah, I like Murphy. He was a type of player Rangers should have moved for when he went down south. Um, but I think he's only became a better player for his time in England. And I think coming back at what, 28 years now, it's a really good age for him to come back up. He, as you said, he's got the experience of playing both in the Scottish and English top flight. Had a really good season in the Championship last year with Brighton. So yeah, it's, it seems like a really obvious move for Rangers. And if they do sign him, is it going to be in the left position that he's going to come in or do you think you see him more centrally yeah, I think you'd see him on the left I think that's that's his natural position now he's he's best out there and it allows Rangers to move Windass inside as well where he's he's at his best ok guys what about the returns we've got Andy Halliday Michael Halloran does that fill you with excitement James not in the slightest um, <laughs> Andy Halliday I can almost see a little bit of merit they're struggling for bodies in midfield just now you're looking at on Saturday, Saturday against Celtic, you had Nico Cranchard who done very little, and a 19-year-old Ross McCrory who, despite having been really good this season, is still a really inexperienced kid. So Halliday, giving you that wee bit more depth, that extra option there, great, makes sense. Michael Halloran, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, when he came to Rangers first time round, he was largely garbage. He for me, he burnt his bridges with his no shot the 20s game. Uh, for me, that should have been him finished. Um, I don't think that, especially what then came after, he should have been given a second chance, let alone a third chance. So, He is a good option, though, off the bench. You know, you've got Candias on the right. If he's tiring, game stretched, you've got a guy with electric pace you can put on there to get in behind teams. Is he not someone that... Marty tactically would like to have in his armoury if not he's, if not a certain first team starter I'm not so sure in that because in a, in a lot of games you've seen Marty going with the, his diamond so you, unless you're going to put a Halland at your 10 or as one of your two strikers there's no place for him there and the side when he has had two wingers playing I just it's an awfully expensive option to have sat on the bench for the odd occasion where you're like oh we'll pull Daniel Candace off Bring someone like Liam Burt up from the 20s, Serge Atakai. Because you need a 10-minute sub to come on. You see, boys. I, I think he would. He's 
a good option to have purely because I think he's far better through the middle than he is wide right. He's another one that should be playing as a centre forward, not as a right winger. He's just out there because he's fast. That's pretty much why he was put out there in the first place. Uh, I think he would be a good foil for Morelos as well. Um, the two of them up front could work quite well together, I think, if Rangers continue with their diamond. Uh, he's shown that St Johnson he can score goals. He, and when he's playing up front, it doesn't mean he's playing centrally the whole game. That's just where he starts and he moves about. And I think when he's starting out right on itself, he's not got the room to get going as such. Especially at Ibrooks when teams are sitting camped in 10 men behind the ball. Uh, I think games against Celtic are the perfect uh, games for him, to be honest, when Tierney's attacking, Lustig's attacking, whoever's coming forward from the back line for Celtic. Uh, I, I didn't understand it when Rangers didn't use him last season in those games. Uh, I think he's a good option. Same with Andy Halliday. I think I'm not as big a fan as a player, but he's an option to have in the squad. He can cover so many different positions. But like I was saying earlier, if Sean Goss is signing, then where does he really fit in when he's pretty much the same player? Uh, well, time will tell on that, I suppose. He's got Joe Dodo coming back as well. His loan's up at Charlton, so where does he fit in? Does he fit in at all? I don't think he does, because yeah, he's quite poor down at Charlton. I think he played, has he? Yeah, he scored on his debut. don't think he played. don't think he started the game after that. And I really don't think he's certainly got a lot to prove. Yeah. In terms of players going out, we've already talked about Cardoso and Alves. Um, the other two big signings that Pedro Cascina made, Herrera and Peña. Do you think those guys are going to be jettisoned in this window? Or do you think that Rangers are going to be stuck with that weekly wage of approximately 40 grand for the two of them? I think they'll look to move both of them on. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure they'll manage, but it's hard to particularly with Herrera for me he's been limited to four, five, six minute cameos most weeks so it's, it's been hard to get a real judge of what the guy can do Peña when he's played has impressed um, or sometimes at least his goal scoring record's surprisingly good for how little he contributes sometimes I think it's like five and twelve or something he scored so it's a difficult one if they can get People in that are going to be guaranteed or near as damn it guaranteed starts nine weeks out of ten, they'll look to move those two on as quickly as possible. They'll be, they'll be the priority to get out the door. Okay, so if those two are priority, then the two players that Rangers probably wouldn't want to move on, certainly the fans, would be Tavernier off the back of a great old firm performance and Josh Windass, who haven't had an up and down time, as you've already uh, mentioned is attracting interest from Preston when he's in the prime form of his yeah. Rangers career. Do you think those two could move? No, I don't think so. I think both of them, I think Rangers would be absolutely bonkers to get rid of either of them. Um, Windass this season, was it six goals and four assists he's got so far? Only Sinclair and Morelis have contributed more goals and assists uh, for their teams this season um, in the league. And I'd, Like I said earlier, he's just far better through the middle when he plays. Um, I think he did a good job on Saturday, keeping Lustig pinned pin back, forcing a lot of mistakes. And the same with uh, Tavernier, he's just, for me, he's the best right back in the league. Uh, he's brilliant going forward. Only got 18 months left on his deal, though. Yeah, yeah. I and think if he I, doesn't want wait, to sign. I think if a good offer comes in, if he if suddenly come in, I'll say two and a half million. I'd say a minimum three for us, for Rangers to sell. I think when you look at some of the other. Uh, Transfers that go on, especially down south, 
Rangers would be crazy to let him go for any less than that. Uh, when you look at the fact Dundee want a million and a half for Jack Hendry, who's had six months, he's he was struggled down in League One, came up to Scotland, played six months. All of a sudden, they want a million and a half. Uh, Kamarnock seemingly want a million pound for Jordan Jones. So, Tavernier, twice, three times that, easy. And Windass? I think. 3.5 million release clause. <laughs> yeah, I think if an offer of two and a half comes in for our Rangers, I'll sell straight away. I think uh, we had that in the paper last week that that's what they wanted. Rangers wanted a minimum of two million. Uh, but I can't see anyone paying that right now. That would be great business, I think, um, mm-hmm. on the balance of probabilities with Josh Windass, a player who runs hot and cold. I still think he can go far in the game. I've said it since he's saying and been slaughtered for it that he's a that there's a good player in there. Definitely. And he's proven at the season that he's a good player. He just needs to be more consistent in what he does and maybe work a bit harder. One player that's perhaps not one of these guys that's going to move, but I want to bring up just to get your take on, uh, on him, given the comments that were coming from Graham Murty this week is Jordan Roster who's obviously had an unbelievably difficult time with injury where are we at now with his Rangers career I mean he's he's had a had an absolutely dreadful time and it seems like um, they, they actually don't want to give him a set amount of time for his recovery because they feel that's holding him back a little bit which maybe comes back to that whole Mark Warburton thing about 7 to 10 days away that became a bit of a sort of comedy meme on uh, on Twitter and social media. How do you assess his, his time at the club so far, and where, where does he go from here, James? I feel really bad for him. I, I like him, and from the time he's been in play, he seems to be a very, very tidy, comfortable player. But you're now to a season and a half in, and rarely seen him play. It's it's getting to the point where something needs to be done. He's still got another two and a half years left in his deal though so he's not going to be in a wee wage so I wouldn't be in any rush to move him on I think no, neither would I. He's, a, he's, 20, he's still only 20 uh, when you look at players down south especially now that the under 23 league is there players are still regarded as kids when they're 24-25 I mean, Jesse Langard was still being touted as this potential superstar when he was like he's 26 now and he's still being touted as it uh, so I, I wouldn't get rid of him anytime soon I think he's when he's played, he's shown that he is a very good player. Uh, like after the progress defeat over there, he came out, faced the media, spoke well, really well yeah. for a young guy. Uh, Stephen Gerrard spoke about how good he is. Uh, anyone that spoke about him has spoken about what a good player he is, how hard he trains, how much he just loves playing football. And you can see that when he's running about the pitch as well. Just big smile on his face, sleeves rolled up. He's a proper old-fashioned, just wants to get stuck in centre midfielder. And uh, I think... Getting him fit. If Rangers can get him fit, he's a huge player for Rangers. And One of the interesting things with Rossett as well, there's a quote from Murray the other day saying about just when, it, when he hits the ball, it makes a different sound to, I think it was he called, just us, us mere amateurs. It's like, it's, it's like a golfer hitting a sweet spot in a drive. And I thought it was just a really interesting wee thing, just how he picked that out. I mean, he could have picked a thousand different things about how he's, he's kept working hard despite being out for so long or every time you see him he's a very smiley happy cheery chap but he picked just that one wee thing of his, his technical ability that gives him just something just to kind of keep driving towards and pushing on to um, and yeah I'd, I'd love to see him get a, a run of games and get fit and I do think that if Rangers can get fit he'd be a huge huge player for them because it's it's what Rangers have lacked the last two two and a half years 
they've not had somebody that can, that can just put their foot in the ball, control the pace of the game, take the sting at the attacks. Ryan Jack's doing it now to a degree, but West, and I kind of maybe thought he would have at Rangers, but Rossiter, he, he seems tailor made for that. Okay, moving on to our final topic, which is Jimmy Nicholl, said to be announced as the club's assistant manager in the days ahead. Obviously an extremely experienced guy, former Rangers player, Northern Ireland international. He's currently the assistant coach uh, at the Northern Ireland national team. He was the manager of Rafe Rovers when they won the Coca-Cola Cup back in the day against Celtic on penalties. And uh, was of course in charge of the infamous Rafe Rovers won Bayern Munich nil game over in, uh, in Germany. Um, before Bayern actually turned the game around but we forget <laughs> everyone forgets about that you know. Well, you're not um, that since then he's had a great career as an assistant he was very very successful at Aberdeen under Jimmy Calderwood as the manager and has obviously followed Calderwood around to other clubs And I suppose the question is were you surprised I, to see him linked? I was surprised a bit but I do think it's a really shrewd appointment as well um, he's a really experienced guy Michael McGovern was in the paper the other day talking about uh, the stories he tells and stuff like that and how much it fires him up when they're away at the Euros last year. Uh, he's clearly well respected in the game. Uh, Paul Hartley went straight for him to get him to Falkirk as soon as he got the job. Uh, and like I say, he's an ex rangers player, he knows what the club's about. He's a winner. I mean, he won the FA Cup with Man United. He won, I don't think he won the league or anything with United, but you don't play that many games for Manchester United without being a winner. Uh, same with Rangers. Played... Jordan played Jordan Nader Road, didn't he? Uh, and he's he's shown as a coach as well that he's a winner. He's, I mean, obviously, Wraith Rovers don't win trophies very often, and he's done that job. He's went with Northern Ireland to the Euros, helped Michael O'Neill take that team, just improved them immeasurably. Uh, yeah, I just think he's a really good appointment. It did surprise me originally when his name first came out, we'd been linked with it, but kind of the more I thought about it, it reminds me a bit of. Archie Knox being put in beside Walter Smith. Um, I made this point to somebody the other night as well recently, and that was uh, Nichols been there. He's done it. He's got the T-shirt. He's lifted the trophy. He's seen everything you can see as a coach and a manager, both at club and international level. Marty's not got that experience as a manager yet, so he's going to have them that can just kind of guide him through and just warn him of the pitfalls that he's he's going to come up against. I mean, you look at the guys he's got in the dugout just now, it's like Jonathan Johansson, uh, it's Colin Stewart, and as good as these guys might be as coaches, they've not been in the course yet. They've, they've not got that experience, and Jimmy Nick's somebody that can come in and can really can point Martin in the right direction. That's all from us. Uh, we'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate sensibly, you can. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane. Mark is at McDougall1994. And James, you are at James A. Black. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Just
Chicago.